0: Hello. How are y'all doing? Excellent. Hey, so today's going to be a little bit different than a normal Sunday as you all have received multiple papers on your way in. If you do not have one of these, then you need one. Or, I mean, you don't have to have one, but it's going to be a little less entertaining for you if you don't have one. So, um, we have to do some church business. We're going to be voting today. Uh, we're gonna talk about financial. Some of y'all, when you see a spreadsheet, you're like, "Yay!" And then the normal ones of us, when we see a spreadsheet, we're like, "Ugh." So, uh, wait, who likes spreadsheets? Raise your hand. Weirdos. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about what has happened, what what's gone on in the past year. We're gonna talk about kind of what what direction we see us going, Life Church going in the coming year. Um, next week. We're going back to the Gospel of John. Can't wait. So we're going to finish the Gospel of John sometime this millennium. I promise we will. Um, oh, yeah, but first, before we go any further, we have to do the culture update. Get ready. Okay, so uh, this past week, there was uh, my quarterback, J.C. Stroud, um, gave an interview after he won a playoff game last week and for the play- the Texans, in case you're wondering. Um. Anybody know who the Cowboys play this week? No, no one. Y'all know? I don't. I didn't hear it. Okay. Anyway, just making sure. Um. So, I just alienated some people. It's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to listen to me. Um. So my quarterback gave an interview because the the kid loves Jesus and he's not, it's genuine. Like every chance he gets, he praises Jesus and he gives, he gives God all the glory. So right after the game, they interviewed him and it was great. And he said, first, I want to tell you that, you know, I owe everything I have to, to Jesus Christ, my, my Lord and savior. And it's, it's genuine. And so then when NBC posted the interview later, they cut that whole Jesus thing out. They're like, I don't need that. So uh, that's kind of the world we're living in now. Um, also this past week, um, uh, Donald Trump barely pulled off a win in Iowa. If you're wondering why people are laughing, it's because he won by the record numbers of votes. So, um, and in response to that, there's an MSNBC um, a, a lady named Joyless Reed or Joy Reed. And uh, so this is what she said. I, I need you to pay attention to this part. OK, this is what she literally is the quote directly from her. White Christians are racist who want minorities to bow down to them. It's an attack on Christianity. That's what's going on in in our culture, an attack on Christianity. So um, she's basically saying that, that white Christians or Christians are the problem in America. And you know what? I genuinely wish that was true, that Christians were the problem in America, that Christians were coming so hard against the agenda that the culture has, that we were a problem for them. Because I think whenever we actually walk it out, we are a problem for them. When we actually live it out, we are a problem for people who are wanting to destroy this great nation. And whenever we stand up for truth, then and we stand up for what is right, then it's a problem for them, because what they're doing is not standing up for truth. They're standing up for all these other things, and when it really comes down to it, they're standing up for spiritual darkness who is leading them. And we're going to talk about that some more later. So, moving on. Today is... Life Church's four-year birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, kids. You made it. You're four years old. You are officially, you're no longer being potty trained. You are, you're going all by yourself now. Congratulations, guys. Um, most of you are, anyway. Um, so uh, we have come so far in such a short amount of time. I cannot believe it. Um, but I want you may come into this room and you look around. And you're like, there's something already going on here. I feel like this is something that's already established. No, we still don't know what we're doing. Okay, so uh, you need to understand. You're getting in. If you're if you're just joining us now, you're getting in on the ground floor of something great that the Lord wants to do in our community. So, uh, Life Church. I'm going to talk about this a lot. I'm going to hammer this home today. But Life Church is about being a light and, and an influence in the community. Okay, so um, let's everybody pull out this paper. We'll get some boring stuff out of the way. Um, this is your spreadsheet. and You need to have this in your hand so that you can kind of follow along. But I'm going to have the important numbers on here. If you have any questions about anything on here, if you're a member or not, if you have a question, you can email at jessica <laughs> at lifechurchnb.com. That's Je- Jessica at Life Church. And uh, you can mail, email me, it's fine, but I'm just going to forward it to Jessica. So we're going to save me a step. So, um, first thing, uh, the tithes and offering for the past year was $307,222. The income total was $374,471. Now, these are very significant numbers. And I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why. There are a few formulas that church is kind of like a rule of thumb kind of follow. It's not a hard and fast rule, but a, a few like if a room is 80 percent full, then you need to build a bigger building. OK, if you look around this room, it is more than 80 percent full. Like you're sitting next to someone you may or may not like or know. Um, and it's fine. Um, but and if you're married, you should like the person next to you. So uh, that's that's kind of a rule of thumb. So if you if you're 80 percent full, you need to expand. Um, another one is you should have a parking space for every two and a half adults. I don't know what a half adult is. Maybe a little person. So anyway, so every a parking spot for every two and a half. Another uh, rule of thumb is um, for if if a church can can as they're growing, they start out if they if they have hundred thousand dollars of income for every year for the first five years, then that church is going to make it. They're going to be successful. Now we in our in our third full year, we um, are at three hundred seventy four thousand four hundred seventy one. We are way ahead of the game. Okay, life churches, y'all are killing it. So, um, uh, great job. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm very excited about the about the future. So, twenty twenty three summary. I had to ask Jessica all kinds of questions about these numbers. Okay, so in the beginning of the year, our balance was twenty nine thousand and fifteen dollars. Our total income that came in was $374,471. Our total expenses were $316,285.02. And our ending balance was $58,186. Okay, y'all are with me here still? Good numbers? Okay. Now, in our account balances, we, uh, in our, fu- our general fund at the beginning of the year, $31,849. Our savings account has $55,037 real quick, on the savings account. The re- you may think, that's a lot of money in a savings account. It is, and it is because someone this year gave $50,000 for a building fund. Now, we didn't have a building fund before we got that. Whenever you give money, and it's <laughs> this is important, whenever you give money and you designate it somewhere, the church has to spend the money on that. I mean, and if you, before you try to do something foolish, and say, I'm going to give money for a fruit in the morning. Look, we don't have fruit in the morning. If you give money, you say it's only for fruit in the morning. Look, we're not we don't do that. I'm going to, like, call you and be like, hey, Dodo, we're going to use this on donuts. Is that okay? We have to ask you. So, um, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, too. But, um, but I'm just saying, don't just, if you want to give to the building fund, if, like, that's on your heart, please do. And the people that gave us, it, like, it was really sweet. So, it just means a lot to me. So, um... Whenever you, uh, whenever we did that, we put it in the savings account because we're not building yet. Uh, we'll talk about that too, but um, we're not building yet. So uh, we put it in the savings account so at least it will grow a little bit. Um, and I had somebody tell me, hey, you have that money in the savings account. We can make that money grow. I was like, look, I'm not buying any of your pyramid scheme, okay? Uh, so... Total funds is uh in, in the bank right now we have eighty seven thousand two hundred two that's a lot of money to have in the bank. We usually we spend what comes in and not because we're like, Oh, we have to just spend this money. It's because it takes a lot to operate the things that we do and to and to do the outreach. Um, that we do and the things that, that we're doing in the community already. So our outreach, 35313 The ministry operations, that's the operations of stuff, uh, 64765 uh, seven sixty-five. The facilities, so it's like electricity, building stuff, uh, 34108 Payroll, three people. not I'm the only full-time person, but there's three others. $77,433. you all can see that I'm getting rich. <laughs> and then the biggest payment is uh, our building a lease payment. So you know. Starting in March of last year, we pay $7,900 per month for the lease on this building. Usually, see, there are some of you in here, they're like, that's a lot of money. And then there's some of you in here saying, that's all you pay. So just so you know, um, the reason that doesn't add up evenly is because in our lease, we agreed that we would pay the increase in taxes. Some of you remember this from last last, uh, financial report. We'll pay the increase in taxes. And we'll also pay this escalating lease, 7200 7900 This year, it's going to go up again in March. So it goes up every year for, the, for five years. And then at the end of five years, we don't have a building anymore. We're not going to make it five years in this building, guys. So we'll see. Um, but the tax bill, I don't know if you remember what happened at the beginning of 2023, but they were like, hey, let's just go bananas on taxes, property taxes. So our tax increase only, just the increase was $12,000 on this building. And we couldn't do anything about it. They ca- The building owners came to us. They were like, we're so sorry, but here's the increase. And they like slid it across the table. You know how they do when they do negotiations? They wrote on the paper and they slid it across the table, folded paper and open was like, oh. So, um, well, like Kramer went, oh. So uh, it, it was twelve. So we had to just pay that. Like, and we couldn't pay it off slowly. We had to get pay them that money. So. Uh, it's, it's wild. This year they said it's not going to be that much because we got a hotshot lawyer and he's going to stop it. I'm like, okay, the government has lawyers too. So uh, anyway, uh, we, we spent a hundred thousand dollars on the building this year uh, that we don't get back. We, we got to use it. Great things happened. But I wonder if we had to put a hundred thousand dollars on a mortgage for a big building. I wonder what that would look like. So anyway, I'm just like, let that, let that resonate in your heart. Okay last year 120 different individuals gave at least four dollars 120 different people gave money to the church that is a lot of people that is really awesome now again i need to reiterate i have no idea who gives i have no idea how many people give i don't know who the one person was that gave four dollars i don't know i don't know it could have been you i don't know but uh 30 people, we, we think, we, we try to kind of figure it out. We think that thir- about 30 people actually tithed for the entire year. And the reason we think that, if someone gave, over the course of the year, if someone gave $40, th- great, awesome, we're celebrating that. But if you gave $40, you probably didn't tithe for the entire year because that means if it's one-tenth of what you made, you made $400 for the year. I don't know if you've seen what inflation's been doing. But if you got by on $400 for the year, I want to use the coupons you're using because that's not enough. So anyway, th- just to say that. Um, also, we've had some people move away. The tithe, again, I'm not going to preach on the tithe because that's I did that last week. I'm not going to do it again yet. So um, last week I did this challenge, like challenged everyone tithe for six months and see if the Lord will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that you can't contain it. That's what the Bible says, not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. So a lot of people told me, some people told me that they were committing to do that. If you haven't told me, come and tell me. Now I got to tell you this, you can come and tell me and then never give $4 and I'm not going to know because I purposely don't know. So um, if you're actually going to do it, don't come and tell me just so I'll be like, Hey, good job. I'm so proud of you. And then just never give. So if you're going to do it, if you're going to do the six-month challenge or you intend to do the six-month challenge, come and tell me because I want to celebrate with you. It's really exciting. All right? Now, let's look at the the attendance numbers. This is the exciting stuff. So our average weekly attendance in person on Sunday, that's in our services, was 169 people. That's a 31% increase over 2022. That's really big. Now, let me just tell you already, we're way more than that this year, starting out. Starting out. So um, our live stream is 34, uh, live stream slash uh, podcast, average of 34 per week. Now, I understand why people come here in person because you guys are so, y'all love people. Y'all make people feel welcome. It's really great. I understand that. I do not understand why people listen to me talk for almost an hour. I don't get it. I'm like, I can't stand my voice. Y'all know how that goes. So Wednesdays, the average when we had adults here um, was 27 for adults. Adults are no longer meeting in the church on Wednesday nights. I'll explain that in a minute. Um, But there was 27 then. And now for life kids, we're at 24 on average for the year in 2023. That's a 33% increase. And then for youth, we're at 15. That's... So, just want you to know, the 15 is nowhere close to what they are now. Now they're at about 25. Okay, so it's way more than that. So, uh, a lot of great, exciting things are happening. The salvations. There were 14 people that gave their heart to the Lord for the first time last year in our church. Uh, there were 10 Holy Spirit baptisms. There were 19 people that got baptized last year. I think these are these are numbers are going to be vi- these are very low for what's going to happen this year. Um, we've already had four people get baptized this year. So. It's next week. In case any of you want to do a cold baptism, <laughs> I'll gladly do it with you. So I, I love it. So uh, another thing that I need to tell you is part of when you give, part of that is uh, it goes into Foursquare Global Missions, and in Foursquare Foursquare Global Missions, over two million people were led to the Lord last year. Two million salvations last year. That is huge. They say that um that About every $8 that goes into four square missions equals one salvation. So we gave a a lot more than $8. We gave a bunch of money into uh, the mission. So that's a great deal. It's it's fantastic. It's very exciting. So, all right. Um, Again, I say, uh, I usually use this week and I talk about um, tithing because I'm like, hey, look, this is what happened with the money. And now let me talk to you about what that looks like. I did that last week. I preemptively struck against you. And now you know what you know about tithing. If you don't know um, about tithing, you you don't really understand it, or you're not really uh, you don't fully get it. Listen to last last week's message. We have a podcast, and you can listen to it for free. So go listen to last week's message. Now um, we're going to talk about the voting. If you are a member, then that means you have filled out one of these cards. If you have not filled out one of these cards, then you are not a member. In order to become a member, you have to have you have to be saved, and you have to either be baptized or you have to be planning on getting baptized. It's a pending baptism. Um, and then once you fill the card out, boom, you are a member. If you would like to vote today or if you'd like to become a member today, all you have to do is fill out this card. And as long as we have this card before 2 p.m., you will be a member today. Um, so on this paper, if you're a member, you're going to vote. If you're not a member and you vote, it's fine. It just doesn't count. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, you know. Okay. Um, a- another thing is uh, when you vote, you have to uh, you have to sign your signature here, and then you have to write your name. Print it legibly. Okay, legibly. Because if you don't print it legibly and we can't tell who you are, I'm going to go, oh, cool, trash can. Okay, so your vote won't count. Now, um, if it were to happen that we need we need you to sign this, because if let's say there are two votes that come in for you, for your name, I'm going to go to your membership card and I'm going to look at your signature and then I'm going to compare. We compare signatures here. Just like Georgia, we care about these things. <laughs> Listen, I I follow all of this way too closely. Okay, so uh, and then we'll match the signatures, and we'll know that that is the the vote that counts. Um, also, you can write any name you want in these blanks. Feel free. Somebody in first service said Daffy Duck. Yes, or Donald Duck. Sorry. Donald Duck. I don't want to give Daffy any votes. So Donald Duck, and you can write Donald Duck in there. He's he's been he's not a member of good standing anymore. He hasn't been giving, so uh, he's would not qualify. But you can write it in there. Um, you can write anybody's name in there. Um, Foursquare part of their bylaws is they they say that we have to um, we have to nominate people. However many spots we have open, we have to nominate people. You don't have to write these people's names in, though. Each one of them is going to come up and give a speech just kidding they're not I told them they were and they were like Ugh. so uh, th- they're not um, but when you get done with that when you are or, or when you're on your way out fold your paper and put it in the white bucket and there's white buckets at the two doors here put it in there and then today on Facebook today election day we will tell you the results of your election okay unless unless the, uh, the machines don't work okay it could be they could have been hacked I don't know all right uh yeah no they're not late voting yet. 2 p.m do not turn your ballot in after 2 p.m it won't count and i'm serious about this try to come and hand it to me at 201 see what happens so um let me talk about some highlights of 2023 you can put your papers down you don't have to follow that anymore um so uh the first one of the biggest things is the youth and the kids took over the building the little brats. The adults can no longer meet on Wednesday, Wednesday nights because the kids are like, this is our, this is our territory and they kicked us out. So um, they're still don't think that there's nothing for you if you're let's pretend you're an adult, okay? <laughs> you can still meet and you should meet in a life group on Wednesdays. There's life groups that you can join on Wednesdays. This year, about one third of our attendance uh, people are joined into life groups sign up today. I don't even mind right now if you pull your phone out and you go to lifechurchnb.com and you sign up to be in a life group. The life groups are sermon-based life groups, meaning starting next week, next week is when they start, starting after next Sunday, you take the sermon and we have some discussion questions based off of the sermon. And then, uh, so the only prep you have to do, you don't have to go read a book or anything. The only prep you have to do is sit in here and pay attention. like okay i got to sit in here part down but you're scrolling instagram while you're in here not y'all but like some other kids so <laughs> so um the real value in life groups is not even part of the discussion it's not even the discussion it's the fellowship of meeting with people and connecting with people and now whenever you connect the more people you connect with the the better the safety net it's if some of you who are not really connected with many people were to just stop coming maybe someone would notice and call you and say hey where you been what's going on um if you're connected in a life group you're going to have multiple connections multiple people will call you and check on you and multiple people will it's like a safety net the more connections you have and you fall into that safety net the more people are going to going to help to hold you up but if you don't have any connections You can fall and you're gonna fall right through and you're gonna be gone. You're gonna fall through the cracks. And um, the life group helps you, helps to prevent you from getting into crack. (laughs) It's true. I mean, that's true indirectly, but I didn't even think about that until just now. (laughs) But if you're in a life group, you probably won't fall, you probably won't fall prey to crack. So another great thing that happened this year is when the women's ministry went from zero. To thirty-five, per, they were meeting once a month, and they have, uh, on average, thirty-five women that come each week. So that's been fantastic. They're going to do quarterly events this year, which is going to be great. Um, and the men still have some stuff going. They have, uh, they also have men's have some events planned. They have a chili cook-off thing. They this raise your hand if you like beans in your chili. Put your hands down. <laughs> Well, y'all probably like pineapple on your pizza too. You weirdos. Golly, I regret that. I thought three people were gonna raise their hands. Oh, if you're listening on the podcast, please, please, no beans and chili. Golly, that's like it's too lazy. It's just lazy. You're like, I need some filler. What can I put in? Oh, here's some beans. Huh? Oh, okay, okay. All right, the men are gonna do chili cook-off, man. I'm I'm all for it. I don't even really care if you put beans in chili as long as it's free I don't care okay I'm gonna eat it give me the Ritz crackers and the chili and I'm good so bread all right let's talk about this do y'all put sugar in your cornbread no that's not cornbread that's a, that's cake okay all right look nothing. I'm not going to have time if y'all keep talking, okay? <laughs> we're going to lost the church. Another great thing that happened this year is we restructured our, our team. We restructured our leadership team for health and growth. We added Mel Chavez to the group. Mel is a winner that's been fantastic. Um, we, we, uh, we are really set up for a lot of growth this year. We need to be because um, we're growing like crazy. We're growing. So uh, Fall Fest... This year, over 500 people showed up to Fall Fest. And that was with with fairly little bit of advertising. We don't have an advertising mechanism because we've never advertised. Okay, so I know that it's probably easy to Facebook ads and stuff like that, but we didn't really advertise on this. This coming year, we're going to. We're going gonna, like, to try to hit it out of the park. So uh, it's going to be really good. So we also, this past year, we added a safety team. Now... Before I tell you anything about the safety team, it's top secret. You don't know know who's on the safety team. The person next to you could be an undercover agent on the safety team, and you wouldn't even know it, okay? Now, if you want to join the safety team, we're not going to tell you who to ask, because if you're good enough to be on our safety team, you'll already be able to figure that out on your own, okay? And if you can figure it out on your own, you can go and talk to the people who you figured out on your own they were, and you can join our safety team, all right? All right, so let's talk about what's on the horizon for life church. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we need to really uh, focus in on and uh, and uh, like really try for is what makes us unique over many places that you go. It is the welcome. For our church, I whenever, We left our home church in Angleton and we moved here. I went to as many churches as I could in Houston, in in Brazoria County, in New Braunfels. I went to as many churches as I could to to just kind of get some ideas because I'd really only belong to one church my entire Christian life. And it's not that I hadn't been to other churches, but I was trying to see as many as I could. And many times I would walk into a church and no one would talk to me at all, like zero people. And I'm like... I mean look at me. I'm really attractive. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm I'm like I, I would walk in and looking for a connection and sometimes it would be just the person at the entry that would say, "Hello, welcome." And then I I would come in and like still no one would talk to me. And I personally, if I were to visit a church and I was looking for a church, I don't want people to talk to me. I want to be left alone. Good luck here. <laughs> like if you come here and you're like I just kind of want to keep to myself. <laughs> Sorry. You're not that doesn't work here because people are going to welcome you. They're going to they're going to probably physically touch you and like hug you and like kiss you on the neck. I cannot tell y'all how many times Mo has kissed me. Okay. One is 1000% 1, too many kisses and it's been more than one. I actually started to have to punch him. I've been punching him when he tries. Okay, so the great thing about life is, is we're very welcoming. And what, what we need to focus on is that attitude should not be just a Sunday morning attitude for you. That should be everywhere you're going. When you're in HEB, welcome people to HEB. Like be a welcoming type of person throughout and have that same servant Attitude that welcoming attitude that servant like attitude all throughout the week and see what see what that looks like because if you do have the mind of Christ if you are seeking to serve and not to be served if you're looking for who you can speak to if you're looking around at people in your life that are in need Life Church will continue to grow and be a light and an influence in the community because that's what we're about is being a light and an influence in the community. It's not about becoming the biggest church. Whenever we add people, our influence grows. Because if you go and look at our city leadership, they need Jesus. Like we need to be a light and an influence in in and look at our civil servants, look at the the library, look at the uh in, in our utilities. We need people to be infiltrating them for Jesus. Because those people, though they may seem far far away from the Lord for you. You are too. And now look at you. Like those people, Jesus can save, his sacrifice was big enough to save those people too. And so we are people that are going to go out into the community and be welcoming so that we can be a light and an influence in this community. That when people come to New Braunfels, they will know about Life Church, not because we're so great, but because he is so great and he is doing something in our midst, right? So let's talk about some problems that we face, they're not in any order. But one of the biggest problems that we face is increased cost. Just like you at your house, we have we have a problem facing us that we have these, the, the cost of everything has just gone to be ridiculous. Now, I know that many of us are holding out hope that that may change soon, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what that means, right? Drill, baby, drill. Anyway, um, so that uh, that's one of the biggest things that is that that our costs are going up and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Nothing. We just have to pay the higher costs. You saw we spent three hundred sixteen thousand dollars in costs last year. That's a lot. This year is going to be more, not just because of inflation, but because we are doing more things. Uh, Another uh, thing that we're facing is outreach, because. We at Life Church are not inwardly focused people. We are outwardly focused people. We are looking to love God, love people and make disciples. Love God to love others and make disciples. We're making disciples. We're constantly making disciples. How can people know that we are here? Do you know how much money Life Church has spent on advertising our our church? 0 dollars and 0 cents. How is it that our church is continuing to grow like wildfire if we're not spending any money on advertising? It's because of you. It's because of you living it out and doing it right. So that's how people know that when, when you when you interact with people, and all of you in here, all of you, have people in your life that need to be part of what we're doing here, of what is going on here. Because you look at how much life church, has changed you in your relationship with Jesus. Look how much you've grown. And other people that you know need that same kind of thing in their life. So, I can tell you that we need to be we need to get the the word out. We need to to continue to preach and 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 draw people into a relationship with Jesus through bringing them to church. You know who's really 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 good at that? Sebastian and Misty. Misty's right here. There, you know how many people they have brought so many people to the church because they live it out genuinely and authentically and it's it's such a blessing to have i wish all of y'all were a little bit more (laughs) like misty not sebastian (laughs) i'm just kidding i wish uh, but we could all like we could all be better at at loving and welcoming people it just comes up in our conversations with people like look let me tell you about my church it's not for everyone but it's for you because you are messed up so, we need to get the word out. See the W capitalized? Like the word of God. <laughs> People will not be attracted to Life Church because of the amenities that we have. They're not going to be like, man, that coffee shop there is so good. Because we don't have a coffee shop. We have coffee, and the coffee is actually really good now. Um, it was Folgers for the longest. Okay. And Folgers is really high class coffee. Okay. But now it's this company called Cats. It's really great coffee. So um, they're not going to be like, I'm going to go to that church because the because of all the things that they have. Like, like we don't even have a heater, okay? <laughs> we can't even get that right. Uh, we we don't have fog machines. We don't have a gymnasium. We don't have like we don't have the coffee shop. Maybe someday, maybe, maybe I maybe I don't know. Let's see what the Lord leads us to. I can tell you what people will be attracted to. It's the gospel. People will be attracted to the gospel, the way you live out the truth in your life. That's what people are attracted to. And if you are true to this, it will magnify the solution to the the issues that people are facing. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And you do a good job at living by your faith. People that are attracted. Now, I've used this example many times, but I want to tell you what I believe a healthy church looks like. So we have one third at a healthy church. One third of the people are mature believers. Let's pretend right here sitting at a table. One-third of the people are mature believers. In this room, let's pretend one-third of you are mature believers. And then we have the second group of people, second-third, is new believers or baby Christians. That we have one-third, let's pretend one-third of you are baby Christians. I can guarantee you this, probably 90% of you right now think that you're right here. Okay, you're not. Most of you are actually right here, and I'll explain that in a minute. But one-third of you, so you have mature Christians— then you have baby or new Christians. And then you have bone thugs in harmony over here <laughs> where they're like, they're unsaved thugs, gangbanging, weed smoking, <laughs> hell bound thugs. And that's like, pretend like one third of the room is this. See, that would instantly change the atmosphere, wouldn't it? Like if one third of the people, you're like, are they going to stab me? <laughs> I can guarantee you this. If our room was full of that, and there's like five Christians and then 95 thugs, I would be at home. <laughs> These are my people. Like I would feel perfect. I would not be uncomfortable at all because I can fight. Okay. <laughs> what I wish was happening at our church is that there were one third that were mature Christians, one third that were new or baby Christians. These people that had moved into the seat. And there were one-third of the people that were like, I wish we had more of these. Like, I genuinely do wish we had more of these homeless people, people that are in gangs, legitimately in gangs, people that last night they sold drugs and now they're here at church. Like, you probably know some of these people. And if you don't, you should probably go and try to meet some of these people with in a well-lit place. <laughs> That's what I believe that a healthy church looks like, that it's one-third, one-third, one-third. Um, so what happens is if you have too many of these mature Christians, nobody's going to that church. Nobody's going up to that church because they're like, they already have a thing going on. I don't, I'm not good enough to be around them, so I, I don't know that I can actually be there with them because they're, they're all mature. And if you have too many of these new Christians, no one's growing up there. No one's actually maturing and becoming, becoming a sold-out believer because everybody's just a baby Christian. It's like a mile wide, an inch deep. You probably know churches like that. They, these churches tend to be the really, really, really big churches that don't address the hard issues. Uh, that's never going to be us. Because as long as I have a microphone, I'm going to do my best to offend everyone in the room. Okay, so w- we, with the truth... OK, so if you have too many of these, nobody's growing up. And then if you have too many of these, nobody's showing up, because if there's too many people that don't know Jesus at all, people are like, mm, I don't know if I want to buy drugs today. So I'm not going into that church like. OK, and and you may have seen places like this where you're like, there ain't no Christians in there at all. Like uh, whenever I think of that, I have known some biker churches where the the only person saved there is the pastor. And then I think it's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing because he's preaching the gospel, but you can't have all of these. You can't have all of these and you can't have all of these. Let's go for a third, a third and a third. So um, mature Christians, what happens for mature Christians is they're inviting their friends to the table. Come, come and sit with me. Come to church with me. Mature Christians have these two groups that they're ministering to. Now, the reason that you in here, most of you don't, Consider yourself a mature Christian because you're like, I don't know. What, what if they ask me about X? I don't really know the Bible that well. I don't really know. Th- okay, look, everyone in history that knows the Bible really well used to not know the Bible really well. So maybe you think, I'm just not smart enough. Really? Because you honestly, you don't have to be smart to know the Bible well. You just have to trust the Holy Spirit. Is he smart? Maybe you're too dumb to answer that question. (laughs) Is the does God know a lot of things? Yes, we can go to the kids church and they'll tell me that. Okay, so all you have to do is trust the Holy Spirit. And if you like put yourself in situations where the Holy Spirit has to speak through you or else everyone's going to look dumb. And when you do that, I do that every Sunday, three times. Like, all right, you're going to have to say something or we're all going to look dumb. I still look dumb, but he doesn't because he is glorified. And so um, you don't think that you're a mature Christian because you don't you don't have it all figured out yet. As soon as you think you have it all figured out, you become a baby Christian again. There is no mature Christian that will tell you, hey, I got it. I'm, I'm better than these other people. A mature Christian knows they're not better. A mature Christian knows that they have to rely on the Lord. Do you know you have to rely on the Lord? There you go. So, so now you might know what seat you need to sit in. You're, you're a mature Christian. And a mature Christian knows that they're just a beggar like any other beggar. They're starving just like anybody else is starving. They're no better. But this is what differentiates them from the other ones is they know where to find food. And it's the Lord. It is only the Lord. He is the only way. So we continue as mature Christians to go out and to teach and train the new believer. New believers have all the energy in the world, but they don't know what to do with it. They're, they're like, yeah, I'm so excited. Red Bull. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're ready to go. But they're like, what do I do now? Like, so when someone moves from this seat, the thug seat, and they, they become a Christian, now they're like, for the first time half of that time where they're in that seat they're like okay i just want to do everything i can for the lord but they don't know what it is there comes a time when you're in this middle seat where you push away from the table and you begin to serve that's when you start to move toward the other maturity seat because when these unsafe people come in and they start to become christians and they start out as baby Christians, and they're becoming more mature and growing as they're learning, they're actually applying the things that they're learning, then, then the church starts to grow because the people in the church start to grow. That automatically happens, which kind of leads us into the next issue that we're having. We need more workers. We need more volunteers. We need more servants. We need more people that are servant-minded and are willing to lay aside the things that they want, the things that are, are comfortable for them and to do the things that are needed. Sometimes, many times, you will pray and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? And I'll do that thing. That's, that's called, you know, you're, you're going for your calling. That's great. If you find out what your calling is, run at that with everything you've got. But sometimes you just have to do the, fulfill a need. We have needs in our church. And sometimes you, maybe you're not, I don't, I've never met a person that says, you know, I'm just called, I'm just called to sweep the floor. Like the Lord has called me specifically and told me I am to go and sweep the floor. I'm called only to wipe off the toilet seats. I've never heard of anyone. That still needs to be done. You, everything you do isn't a calling from the Lord. You understand that, right? And it's like some of y'all are like, yes. Some of y'all are like, are you sure? <laughs> So with more people coming and more people maturing, we obviously, we need to serve those people that come. We need to make those people feel welcome that come. We need to make them feel like they're at home. We need to make make sure that they know when they drop their kids off that their kids are safe here, right? Which leads me to my next request. I guess it's going to get a little uncomfortable for some of you. We specifically need men to serve children. Listen, fatherlessness in our culture is one of the, the, the biggest reasons that our culture looks like it does. And I'm not saying that our kids are fatherless. Most of our kids are not fatherless. We do have some, we have plenty of kids who come in, they either never met their father, never heard his voice. We have kids that, that uh, their father is home, but also isn't, It's just an absent father. We have. uh, So what we need is uh, we need young people to see what it looks like for strong men to do what strong men do. We need men to stand. If you say, "Okay, sign me up. I want to go work with the kids because I'm a man and I want to do what God has told me to do. So I want to go there. They're not going to be like, all right, well, you're teaching the lesson. Here you go. Like they literally you can't they won't let you. Not because you're a man. They won't let you because you're not ready yet. So, but they will let you come and stand in the room. They will let you come and just chit chat with the kids. I love, y'all, many of you know this, but every single Sunday during worship, I go back into the kids department and I say hello to every single kid. There's not a kid that doesn't, that I don't shake their hand or high five them or punch them in the face. So, but I love to interact with the kids. They need to see men leading. They need to see what it looks like when when uh, when it's done the right way, so that they will grow up to either see uh, to be a healthy man, or they will grow up to understand that what they need is a healthy man. Life Church isn't here to serve you. If you're here, Life Church isn't here to serve you you mature Christian you're here to serve others the if you're here half new Christians when you're a baby Christian you're you're brand new at it you don't have anything at all you don't know anything at all we're here to serve you we're here to to push you into to what's next but a lot of people even that are new Christians we're not here to serve you once you're saved you you become a new category for me once you're saved I'm like okay move along like I'm not trying to get you out of the church but either Pooper, or get off the pot. Like if you're going to use up one of our seats on Sundays, you need to start living it out. Ouch. Why is he so mean? <laughs> you need to get it right in your mind first. You really have to get it right in your mind. You have to have the knowledge and understand. Once you get it right in your mind, let that permeate your heart. Get it right in your heart. And then once you get it right in your heart, your actions have to follow. If they're not following, listen. please. Please. Stop taking up our chairs. We need them for people that are going to live it out. I'm not looking at anyone. Know, I, I honestly, I, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but I'm just trying not to look at you because I don't want you to think I'm talking to you. I mean, I'm talking to all of you. All of you. When you live it out and there's actions. we get complaints about everything here. And now I want to tell you, if you say something that is a problem, it doesn't necessarily mean you're complaining. Some people... Will say, hey, this is a problem, but I'm gonna fix it myself for me. Cause I don't, you don't need to fix it for everyone. We get problems about the temperature. <laughs> That's the number one complaint here. Because even in the summer, it's freezing cold in here. And you know why that is? Because you don't know this, but this building was not built as a church, <laughs> it used to be something else. And so the all the air comes into here. And no air goes back to the kids. So the kids are back there sweating, and we're in here freezing. It's, we're trying to balance it out. There's really nothing we can do except build something. So anyway, um, like it's too cold, it's too hot. That a, the, a heater that they're, the, the building owners are putting a new heater on the building should be here by the end of the month. That heater cost $40,000, okay? $40,000 four zero thousand dollars I was like, hey, just give it to me. We'll, put, we'll use like fire pits. <laughs> Give me the forty thousand dollars and we'll use fire pizza. No, so uh, that's that should be coming soon. We get complaints about the food. Someone asked me the other day, it was funny. He's like, hey, if you're like the health guy, then why are you uh, why are you giving everybody donuts? <laughs> and I was like, cause they're cheap. <laughs> that's why they're cheap. So and we ain't giving you fresh fruit cause fresh fruit ain't free. Okay, so uh, the people complain about the coffee, so we try, try to fix that. People complain about the music. It's too loud. It's not loud enough. It, the, the music's not full. People complain about the sermons. People complain about the sermons all the time. And it's fine. It's fine. You can't complain. Please send me messages. I love it. You can send a message to Jessica at Life. Church. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what I need you to understand about Life. Church, and this is important. So we are Life. Church people are pioneers. Okay, we're not people that are. If you think about pioneers that moved out west, they weren't going out west saying, oh, this is going to be so comfortable. I can't i like I hope the air conditioning is good when I get there. Like they better have the good coffee. Like pioneers are people that understand that it's not about them. The pioneers that went out west were not going out west. So so they themselves could have a better life. It was so that their children could have a better life and their grandchildren and every generation that follows could have a better life. You, Life Church person, it's not about you. It's about your kids. It's about your kids' friends. And it's about the generations that follow. That's what pioneers are. We are about the generations that follow. So, the thing that we're building here, that Life Church is building here, it's not for us. It's for the people that we've never even met. And it's for the people that we may never even get to meet. The people for the future generations, right? So, with that being said, one of our biggest problems that we're facing is building capacity. We uh, we used to have 108 chairs in here in this room, but now we have 110 chairs because we were like, "What if more people come?" <laughs> we actually have we actually have five more chairs that are just like these that are not in here because we don't have any space. Like we could fill the aisles a little more, but then if you you wouldn't be able to get out of here if like a a, a rat came through. You're like ah, and you're running, scream. I told this story in first service, and this has nothing to do with the sermon, okay? But I need to tell you, when when rats show up, I turn into a different person. <laughs> I can't help it. There's something wrong with. I had a bad experience when I was a kid. I'm not gonna tell you what happened. I had a bad experience, okay? So. When we lived in our old house in Angleton, there was a rat that got into the house. And we, we did not we lived in a neighborhood. It wasn't out in the country. But there was a rat. It was probably about this big. <laughs> it was a big rat. So one day we come home from from we were going out to eat. And we came home and the rat ran out of the kitchen and into the living room. And then I don't know how this happened, but I was standing on the couch. Like I walked in, and like all of a sudden I'm on the couch. I'm like, oh man. And Jessica's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know what happened. I didn't scream or anything, okay? I just jumped up on the... So then, then I'm like, oh, man, we got to do something about that. The next day, we went into the garage, and Jessica was with me again. So we're walking into the garage, and, and the rat runs across the floor in the garage, so I jumped up on my white bench. And I was like, what's wrong with you, Randy? Stop it! So I stand... This rat... This enormous rat. So I'm like, all right, we gotta get some glue traps. We gotta do something about this. We gotta get rid of this rat. This is this is terrifying. Okay. So we put some glue traps all over the house. And then I go to bed after we put all the glue traps out. And I have this dream. In my dream, I I went into the kitchen and I opened the cabinet the under the sink, and there's a rat under there on the glue trap. And I was like, oh no. So then I went into the garage. the, The sink is here. The garage door is right here, so I turn, I open the garage door, and inside the garage, in my dream, is a six-foot-tall rat <laughs> with his arms folded, and he's tapping his foot. That was the rat's baby that was on the glue trap, the boss baby rat, I mean, the boss rat, and so I was like, ah, and I slammed the door, this all in my dream, and the rat's face came through the door, and right at my face, wood went everywhere, and I was like, ah! And I woke up. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh. That was the worst dream I've ever had. So I get up, and I'm going to make coffee. And I hear this sound (laughs) under the sink. And I opened the sink, and the rat had chewed through the water line that goes to the refrigerator. And there was water everywhere, and there was a rat on the glue trap. And so I turned... (laughs) I turned to open the garage door, and I reached for the knob, and I was like, "Nah!" <laughs> I was like, Jessica, there's a rat. I was not. That, hey, that big old rat was in the garage. I guarantee you. So nothing to do anyway. Nothing to do with anything. i just telling you, I can't help it. There's something wrong with my wiring. I'm. I, if a wild bear came into this room, I would have less fear than if a rat came in here, okay? I don't know why. I would go, I would pull my knife out of my pocket, and I would go and chase after that bear, okay? But if a rat came in here, I'm going to jump up on that pew. I can't help it. Like, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, okay? So, all that to say, we can't add more chairs in here because you won't be able to escape in case the rat, the rat army shows up. So, the building capacity issue there is space in first in our first service. There is also for now space. And we added the, the 1230 service, the afternoon service so that there's more space. So, um, maybe some people here, if you can, could go to one of those other two so that more people, again, we're not, we're pioneers. We're not about what's most comfortable for us. We're trying to serve other people. So, um, I don't want you all to go to those two services, and I'm standing here preaching to like two people. But uh, if you can, maybe you could do that, Um, because the afternoon service is not forever. We cannot continue to do three services like this forever. Um, I will die. You know, you don't have any idea how hungry I am after this. When I get done preaching right now, I'm going to go eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich because I'm so hungry. So. Uh, we, this is not forever, and it, it shouldn't be, because we, we need to get back to two services. So that leads me to what's next? What's next for us in our capacity issues? Um, I would like for you, all of us, to be praying to the Lord to illuminate whatever is next. It could be building a building for, in, a, in a field somewhere that we start from nothing. It could be getting into a building that's already built. It could be a million things. We're not going to limit what the Lord can do. But let's be praying. I truly believe that if our sanctuary had enough seats for 300 people and we had enough space for kids for 300 people, that we would fill that up in six months, without a doubt. We would fill that up in six months. Because, again, we have spent zero dollars and zero cents on advertising. The only way people know that we exist is because they googled us they googled and said churches in churches in new raffles and they found us by accident or some one of you invited them most of the people that are here one of you invited them and it's not about being a big church it's about being a light and an influence in the community it's being a light and influence for the gospel and for good 2024 is going to be an absolutely wild year and it's going to dictate the course of every year following. Unlike most years, this is a very, very important year for many, many reasons. And you may be thinking, like, just about the election? It's not just about the election. In the spiritual realm, this year is going to be a year that dictates going forward. So what we are going to do it's we are going to look at the supernatural like we never have before. Where By the end of this year, you are going to read the Bible differently than you have ever read it before. It's going to The words of the pages are going to stand up for you like, like a, a, a video is playing when you're reading the Bible because you're going to read it in an all-new way as we continue to dig in and find out what is the Lord actually saying to us for our time. The Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to cut between joint and marrow, between soul and spirit. That Word is going to come alive for you like never before. Stick with us, guys. This is going to be a wild, wild year that everything is going to change, and it's going to change for the better. It's going to change for the good. I truly believe that the best is yet to come for us. Life church is a group of people gathering together to do life according to what God, to what the Lord has called us to do. Are y'all with me on that? Let me leave you with this scripture. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Lord, we thank you so much that you continue, Though we don't see it, we don't know why you would call us worthy to lavish out your love on us, but you just do. We know that we are, we are called the sons and daughters of God, and so we want to do everything we can to glorify your name, that every part of us, every part of our flesh would be hidden behind the cross, and that when people look at us, all they would see is you and your glory. We thank you, God, that you continue to send people to run alongside of us and to join up with us on this mission to be a light and an influence in the community for the gospel. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.